as individuals, we can choose to how much we want to learn, to keep developing, to keep going forward in. It's a choice and it's often uncomfortable. I have people on here on the decision table I would not normally probably sit beside and have a conversation with, but I'm loving it because I get to see a side of them that is just beautiful and got amazing value and every single one that has been on the decision table has brought something to the table. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Okay, today on the decision table, it's a little different. Why? Because I did have someone booked in, but instead of leaving another day go by, I thought I would just have a little conversation around some of the learnings that I've been having lately. And I think it's really important, by the way, you've got the casual, casual Kirimari, which probably means that also you've got kids family that could walk in at any time so we'll just roll with it right because uh, it's later in the day it's noisier at my house and like I said I was meant to have it in earlier and then it didn't work out so here's the thing I think there's a lot of learning we can do as we continue to grow. And that's why one of the new approaches to leadership, I believe, is that we use the lens of continuously evolving, knowing that although we know a lot, we don't know everything and there's still lots to keep learning. And in fact, in a lot of cases, when I was traveling around the world, one of the things that I really noticed and really seriously it became such a noticeable thing was the more that I traveled more that I realized that I didn't know in fact I knew very little because I'd be exposed to different ways of thinking different ways of eating different ways of what becomes priority in 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 culture and why that becomes the priority rather than the things that maybe I grew up around or you know different religions different behaviors all sorts of different things realize that there was just so much that we can continue to keep learning and for me that was exciting because I kind of get to a point sometimes where I go I've heard that do you ever have that moment where you go I've heard that all before or if I read another leadership book it's the same old thing I've heard it I've heard it and I kind of got to that stage even with listening to lots of leaders around the fact that I want to see change, but I'm not really sure how to do that or what that looked like. And so that kind of, like everything, if I can't do something or it's a limit, a limitation in my life or there's something stopping me from doing something, I will always if it's priority to me and important enough to me, I will always look for the pathway to actually make sure that I can do that. And so I kind of got to that point. I was like, I want to see change happen. I want to see it not just that we talk about it, that we see a need, but that it actually is 
put into play and we and we do it and so I was like okay how do we how do we do that what would that need to look like and so when I was traveling I saw a lot of that and I I began collecting data which is what I talk about with the muscle of human intelligence our human intelligence is the data the input that we put into what is the output that we have coming out of us and that's not just what you do with your brain although the brain is an amazing 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 muscle in your body it is so powerful and I've learned so much and I continue actually studying a lot around the brain why because I think that there's so much that I don't know around that. And if I can just learn a new way, here's a, here's a little tip for you that I've been, you know, listening a lot to. And that is around the pupil and the movement with the eye and how that actually, you know, if, if you have someone that's on a spectrum or ADHD or ADD or, you know, even a lot of the, the things that we've known as mental health issues, if you get to the bottom of them, and I know this is probably going to, you know, be a dispute in some cases, but the, there's actually some theory around and research done around how a lot of that is the physical that is now creating what's happening in the brain. And this to me is intriguing and I think that the more that we learn about things, the more then we can take responsibility to, you know, maybe putting foods in that might work, maybe sleeping more because we know that that will help our brain go into recovery and so then we'll function at a higher level, we'll, our productivity will be at peak performance and we will, of course, move forward in a much quicker capacity and speed and so things like that absolutely fascinate me because I think a lot of that the things that we hear across the globe those challenges those problems that we see and many of us are facing in our own worlds that actually there are still things that we can control in our own worlds as well we can control who we hang out with what envir environment we want to be involved in or don't want to be involved in we can create the opportunity opportunity for a healthy body so that we can be functioning at the best level that we can so there's so many things we can still control in our world we're not god i could never take the place of god and i never want to take place of god there's a reason there's a god and i'm not god and there is also that he's given us a great brain and we need to use it as a human being. So I'm always learning, like I said, from things that I'm going through. And I think that there's some things lately, even on the decision table with conversations that's really come out and I've seen it more and, and been really conscious of it, not just in in the conversations, but then putting it into place as well. And one of them is listening. I didn't realize that I naturally am a listener and I – I would have to say if I was analyzing me and, and my past, I would say that it's probably because I learned from my environment when I listened. 
And what I mean by that is that my environment wasn't always a safe environment. And because of that, I would have to listen really carefully. Was the person coming near me? Did I have an escape route? Was I able to, if I went to, pretended I was asleep, they wouldn't bother me? Whatever it was, like there were different things that I I began to realize that when I listened well, I could actually be more in control of my situation. So that was one reason I became a listener. The other side of it was that I realized that I thought really differently to other people. And because of that, I actually when something was asked of me, I would comprehend it in a different way. Example being, I remember many times a written on my papers after an exam or a test. Karen Murray, it's great. You, you tried really hard. Oh boy, if I hear that one more time, you tried really hard. And there was a, you know, you didn't understand the question. You answered the question, but it wasn't understood in the way that I expected you to answer that. And because of that, you got it wrong. I was told this many, 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 many times, right? And I think that one of the things because of that was I needed to listen so much and like more. Listen to maybe to the tone in which they said the question or listen to how other people are responding. Okay, so that's what they're trying to say here. All right you must answer in the same sort of way. So I found that that was a powerful tool. Another reason I listened was because, and and as I've got older and in my work that I do with global leadership, is that when I listen, I actually hear from different aspects, in other words, different perspectives, where I might have thought of if if someone started saying something and I would start going, yeah, so this is what they need, this is how they need it, and this is where they need to go and, and fix that or get this happening. And I would start putting that on and then I'd go and say it and it wouldn't be the right thing. So what I learned was if I actually listened to the question properly or this story or the example or the scenario, I was able to then diagnose it and prescribe the next thing really easily. And the other thing was when I listened, I was able to action much faster and see change happen because I was so on target and I trusted myself because I knew that I had listened well to all the signs and listened to myself and then worked out what thing to say or do next. It's, I say all this because I think it's underestimated, the power of listening. And it's come up several times on the decision table when I've spoken with leaders around listening. And one of the things when I've asked, because I always do when I get off the actual decision table and we speak for a few minutes afterwards, I always ask, you know, for feedback. How was that for you? What did you really like about that? Or what could we do better next time? Or whatever it is, you know, like I just want feedback. Feedback is not something to be afraid of. It's something then we can grow from. And uh, one of the things I've said is that I listen really well. And I've never, ever considered me as a good listener. But once I really thought about it, 
I realized I do it well. And one of the other things that has come from it, because I'm more conscious about listening, was I realized that I had got a strategy around listening. And this strategy is this, and I think it's a really powerful one. It's when you are in a conversation with someone, you ask a question, and I will listen to the answer like we all do. And often I will actually pause again, even when they think they've given me the answer, because I think that there's probably another layer to that. And then they'll start talking that and saying that. And it's actually in that piece that we get the gold. And I find that fascinating because often in the past, I think we would stop at a particular layer and we just get surface conversation. And surface conversations like the everyday kind of conversation that you meet when you're walking down a street or hanging with someone. But if you truly want to know more and learn from that person, we've got to go down the layers. And so that's that's one of the things that I found from listening. The other thing I've found really interesting from doing all these conversations and around when I think of the importance of the muscle of human intelligence and and working it is asking better questions. You know, I often get out, you know, I don't even often mostly get told, you ask amazing questions. I've asked amazing questions because I don't want to take you in a certain place. And I think this is really something that I'd really like you to, to understand. Asking questions isn't because we want to take you from here to here to here and then get you over the line. It is not about that when I'm asking questions. I know that we are trained to do that so much and that that's kind of the norm. But in my case, it's actually not why I ask questions. I ask questions because that I'm really curious. And when we're curious, we can keep learning and then develop. And I can learn from that. I gather that data. I put it with the other data that I've been asking questions with. And then I work out the patterns to whether or not this is going to be beneficial to keep with me. Do I get rid of that piece of information? Do I want to move with this one over here? What do I want to do with that? How do they work together? And then I formulate where we need to move on and what pathway to go down to get to the next level. And when you are able to ask the right questions and ask them fast, because there's times when we need to do that, we can gather information and use that information to add value and to speed up. And in many cases, actually, it'll create capacity, but it'll also speed what you can do, create velocity in what you can actually action on and progress forward in. So I find that fascinating when you ask questions, being able to really go down layers and learn from that data that we get when we ask the right questions. The other thing about questions and and being curious is that maybe you don't even know what next question to ask or that you might have thought of a question but it might not be the best way to go or it might actually take you down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down and there's a better question to ask. When you listen, when you ask questions and are curious, you truly want to know what those answers are and that 
is when you know you're asking great questions. What I love about the decision table lately, and for those that haven't seen the decision table, and this is the first one, normally I have a and I say an awesome human with me because I, what I've realized is there's so many awesome humans across the world and I just want you to be in on a conversation that I'm going to be having with them so that you can learn from it as well. But also realize, and this is the cool thing, that those that have been on the decision table have often come on here very, very amazing people in their own rights, in their own sphere of influence, have come on here and realized that there is, I haven't really thought about this or... I'm not really sure that I'm totally clear about what I'm thinking with this question, but together we are pulling it apart and we're questioning it and being curious and figuring out what we're going to take from that and then how we're going to evolve as we continue to be uh, more effective in our leadership. Well, that's what a conversation's about. That's where I believe we need to keep moving into is have new conversations, have conversations where maybe we don't know it all and we're still evolving and we can learn from each other. And I think that that's so powerful when you can have awesome humans doing awesome things and you start collaborating in this way. So, you know, the muscle of human intelligence is something that every single one of us has some sort of intelligence within our brain, within our body, within our whole functioning. And it's just what are you doing with it? How are you using it? And are you still learning? So are you still evolving? You know, it's, it's funny because what I was going to say was if you have, if this is the first time that you've been on the decision table, then welcome to the decision table where we talk about anything and everything within, you know, looking through lenses and this year has been all about the need for a new approach to leadership and then the importance of the muscle of human intelligence and looking through that lens and looking at the global leadership landscape and how we do that as a global landscape you know but then also as a individual and then in your own communities or sphere of influences that you have and then how that's affecting across the globe it's like this full circle kind of thing and i think that that you know because we're willing to go wherever that takes us on this table we've been learning some beautiful things so i do ask one favor of you that if you haven't started subscribing to our youtube channel I would really appreciate it if you can. What I do want to do is bring more impact through the awareness that we can bring. I have had phenomenal, I am making sure on the decision table, you guys have phenomenal people to learn from and listen to and, and to ask questions. You, you need to be asking your questions. If you've got a question, then ask it. We will, we will make sure on the decision table at some stage, it will get answered. And, uh, I find that really exciting but I I'm I'm not one to go out there and sell it to everyone and go you need to get on this and be there I just want to do what I'm meant to do which is have these conversations and then bring leaders together to see how we can collaborate through partnerships and you know it's 
Can I just say that collaboration sounds so beautiful and yet in in many ways I can understand why collaborations across the globe are really tricky and you know I I have a partnership that I'm in I've got many partnerships that I'm in but you know there's been one that's been really tricky lately and I've had to learn what I'm willing to do in there what I'm not willing to do in there and stick really strongly to what that is and then make sure that if I am to continue as a part of that that I'm continuing as what is true to me what's true to the company and what is true to the other partner involved as well and so in in collaborations there is so much that we need to learn as an individual so the more we can learn as an individual the more we can bring to that conversation the more we can bring to that collaboration that partnership and I think that this is so important that as individuals we we can choose to how much we want to learn to keep developing to keep going forward in it's a choice and you know it's it's often uncomfortable I have people on here on the decision table I would not normally probably sit beside and have a conversation with but I'm loving it because I get to see a side of them that is just beautiful and got amazing value and every single one that has been on the decision table has brought something to the table and I think that that's what a true collaboration and partnership is all about is that there is always something you can add to the table there is always something that someone can add if you let them to add or if you see the value or if you create the space that they can speak up and, and bring what they need to bring to the relationship. And I think that so, I think there's so much we can keep learning as we continue to go down the pathway of building out collaborations. I'm getting excited because one of the things that I am inviting in April is a group of leaders and mainly from the decision table actually to a private uh, session, whatever you call it, um, a time where I will really present what the leaders movement is going to be about and where we want to take that. There will be a commitment for leaders to, to make, you know, what are they going to commit to as a collective from when we have that private space session whatever you want to call it and and from that I hope too that as a collective we will come up with things that will bring the bigger change and that we won't just have a nice conversation here on the decision table but we will actually begin to to shift what is happening across the globe and and the only way we can do that is if a collective of amazing awesome humans like yourself come together and are willing to commit as a collective to bring be the change and bring the change so I'm looking forward to that and you know that's that's part of this evolving I don't you know I don't have all that sorted out right now but I know that 
one of the things that have come from this feedback on the on the decision table has been and it's so funny because it's a lot of what I've been writing about for way before the pandemic hit you know a year and a half before that I began writing about what I saw as isolation and that I saw that the solution to that was collaboration and that's what really developed out into my company was I realized that if we were to be a, a role model to collaborative eco uh, collaborative ecosystem then for that to happen that I needed to create a way in which we could build partnerships and and that's what we're doing with everything that we build out on in my company and that sounds so grand and and scary at the same time and you know the leaders movement in this piece is is something where I've just heard continuously from the leaders that have been on this the decision table I felt like I was on an isolated island it's so good it's so good to know Kira Marie that I'm not alone anymore that there's other humans like yourself that are willing to be part of that change and I think that this is the amazing thing that has come out of it I've only been doing these consistently And because of that, I've realized personally how many awesome humans there are across the globe who are still ready and willing to be part of the change. And for me, that has just been such an exciting part of this work that I've been doing in the last, what, two months. Amazing. Not even quite yet two months, almost. So... You know, if there's even just in the small work that I've done in the last couple of months, if there's people that are willing to to go, yes, we need a new approach to leadership. Yes, I want to be able to be a smart human using the data that I have to add to the table. And then, yes, I want to see humanity as stakeholders at the table. I just think if if we can do that even in a short almost two months, what can we do in the next three months, six months, a year, we can really shift the dial forward from problem to solution as a collective if we collaborate. And so I'm excited about that piece. But again, I'm evolving. And so that's why I'm I'm letting you know of some of the learnings today of things that I'm learning and continue to learn as I continue to keep moving it forward and going on this leadership journey. Leadership's not this thing where if you put these three things into place, you'll be an amazing leader and you've got it sorted. It doesn't work like that. If it does, I haven't worked out that pattern. I can't, I don't have that pill. If you've got it, maybe you should contact me and uh, I would definitely like to know what that is. And here's the thing. I actually really enjoy the evolving. I enjoy the uncertainty of the pathway forward because with that uncertainty, if it was all, you know, you know where it's going, uh, this, I think that would be kind of boring. And part of the fun is the risk that you can take when you get that risk and you know that it's an educated risk and you gain the results from it oh my goodness, you can blow up what opportunity and possibility and growth that you can then bring to the table. And for me, that sounds exciting. And uh, yeah, and I, I can't wait to keep learning. I think 
one of the things that really exercises the muscle is when you are willing to keep developing it and learning. And you do that through learning and growth. And, you know, the day that I have no breath left will be the day that I stop learning because I want to keep learning. I think that it helps to realize that, you know, there's all of us are learning and that there is all of us on a learning curve. So some of us are further along that learning curve than others, but we're still all on the learning curve, right? So it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning, doesn't matter if you're at the later part. It's still a learning. I, I asked the question the other day on my profile and I said, I think it was on my profile, maybe it was in my one of my Facebook groups, but I, no, I think it was on the profile. And I said, you know, who has one of your mentors been? And it's funny because I've got like these amazing people behind me and, you know, I want to keep adding amazing people as I, I learn more about some of the giants. And I love the fact one day someone said to me, oh, I love the fact that you've got the giants um, and they've got your back. And I'm like, that is such a cool thing because the reason I love lots of amazing people who have been known as giants in our world is because they've done played at a bigger level than maybe some other people and I've wanted to learn from that. I wanted to gather information from that. So when I asked the question who was who is your mentor? And I'd love, hey, if you're if you're listening to this to put it into the the chat. And I'd love to know who your mentor is. But I I remember it's funny because I remembered quite a few of the I have different mentors. There's, but I think the thing to learn from my mentors isn't that who they are or what they were about, but the reason to why I had a mentor. And I thought that was a good thing that I wanted to remind you guys about. And that is that I don't, I look for gaps in my learning and I go, who is world class at that? An example being, I was always a speaker. It's funny. I'm not, I'm not really good at small group when I don't know what to talk about. So, you know, when you go to those networking things, those hideous things, oh my gosh, sorry to anyone. And I kudos to you if you can run really great networking groups. I find them hideous when you have to play games or ask stupid questions. Like I get tongue tied. I look. I look stupid because I just don't know how to reply to them. I'm not good at that. I know it's a weakness of mine and I'm okay with it. And uh, anyway, so so I was like, okay, I what is it? So I was I was good. So I don't even know how I got onto that. How funny is that? Oh, so I went into like I didn't want like networking groups. Um and I've always thought because I'm an introvert, I don't like going to groups or I don't like learning off people because what if they think I'm dumb? What do they think I'm stupid? What if they think I'm like saying stupid things? Like I really would be down on myself and I'd sweat, literally sweat away about the thought of going and meeting new people or connecting in new groups or going to anything. And so for a long time, I didn't. And then I realized that I really wanted to keep being a better 
whatever it was. And at that time, I was very much a youth speaker, had been doing it for years. And uh, I, I remember thinking, I actually don't mind speaking from stage. I'm pretty good at this speaking from stage. I did it because I wanted to see change in young people. And I was involved with a lot of community spaces and I ended up being you know speaking to the youth and so it kind of became a thing out of a thing it was it was sort of like a default thing <laughs> it wasn't because I went out and go oh I think I should be a youth speaker it wasn't that at all I saw the opportunity I took it up and realized I actually really like doing it here's the thing that I wasn't so good at and I knew was a gap in my speaking and that was storytelling you know, I would be like, I want to tell you the points of things. I don't necessarily want to tell you the context. And I know that story can give you context. It's what I often call the fluff, which is great in some situations you need it. And I get it. I don't need it, but some people really need the fluff. Oh, sorry, the context of the story so that you can understand why those points or the, the reason to why I say that this is so important for you to, to get or to put into practice in your, as a leader or in your leadership or whatever it is, right? And or in business or whatever it is. So I saw this gap. And this gap was literally the story, the context. And so I was like, who's the best? And I looked around and anyone that knows Lisa Nichols knows she's world class at storytelling. I have never known anyone to tell a story that I've heard, by the way, her personal story so many times, and yet I would be captivated by her story and the way she would say it and what she would say and what she would leave out. And I knew that if I learned how to do that better, that it would have more impact in what I was bringing and I could bring more impact with what I had to say. And so I went and learned from her. So she's been one of my mentors over the years. And it's always looking at gaps. I remember thinking, I'm going crazy. Don't know if, uh, like, no one else around me seems to understand where I'm at or what I'm about. And so, like, when I was thinking business and companies and organizations and the way that I was building out ecosystem and I was like, maybe I'm just losing the plot. And then I looked at who across the world knows how to do that. And I realized that I really wanted to learn how Richard Branson did things. I wanted to know how he thought. I wanted to know he he has all these things on, so it can be possible. It's, I'm not crazy. Like, if he can do it, I can do it too. And I remember thinking that. And uh, the day that it came in a invitation to go and be on Necker Island, I just jumped at it straight away. I go, there's my opportunity. I can now go and spend time with them. Do you know what I remember mostly about that particular trip with, with Richard was I had two opportunities. I mean, there were several, but I just remember these two. And I've spoken about them so many times on the decision table because they made such an impression on me. And they were the moments that I really learned a lot. And, and that was 
around, firstly, uh, he he heard my story of what I wanted to do, what I was thinking. He was so amazing. He just he just asked me, as one human does to another, what is it you're about? What are you thinking? What do you want to do? And I just went, Bleh. I am sure it didn't really make a lot of sense to him because I am definitely much clearer about it these days than I was when I first met Richard many years ago now. But uh, <laughs> I ha- it's kind of embarrassing even thinking what I probably said. But anyway, it doesn't matter because here's the thing. I remember him coming out of the bushes and I said this so many times on here, but I want to say it again. And he just, he looked me in the eye and he goes, and he punched my arm because we had this fun thing going. And he goes, Kira Murray, you punched me in the arm. You are extraordinary. That was it. But I have to say, I felt like he had seen me, he had heard me, and he had given me permission to be me. And all I had to do was give myself permission. That was a major turning point to me. And the other one was when he said to me, like I asked the question, you must get so many opportunities, so many companies coming across your plate, whatever it was, and which one do you choose? And he just said, I don't go, what do I choose to do? It's who in my world do I choose to do that piece, that piece, that piece, whatever it is, right? And... And I was like, wow, that means that I'm not thinking big enough because now I can think even bigger because it's not about me and what I can do, but it's who in my world and how can we do that together? And that, my friend, is where collaboration takes place because I believe that when we can think big, we can bring so much to the table because you add what you add, I add what I add, you over there add what you there add what you... Oh, my goodness. We have so much, so much to play with. We can play as big as we want, create an impact and bring real change you are not an isolated island. You are not just the only person that wants to do it this way, feels like that you're doing it on your own. You're not on your own. There's others out there. I'm one of them who want to help, you know, grow what we're meant to be growing so that we can bring even more and add value to more of what culture is needing out there, leadership culture. And we can be the change and bring the impact that is needed. But we can only do that if we start collaborating and working as a collective. So anyway, there you go. There's some of my learnings. I hope this has been helpful for you. I know that I continue to keep learning and it's through these learnings that I keep exercising the muscle of human intelligence. And I believe that when we can use the data that we have within us to add to other people's data that they have at the table, we've got a lot to play with. We can make a lot of difference and we can really change the direction of where we're seeing a lot of these problems, you know, widening, the gap widening, and we can start narrowing that gap 
and get it from problem to solution. So, okay, there we go. I will be returning with someone else tomorrow on the decision table. So I look forward to that. And remember, if you've loved this, please share it, love it, and make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It helps us create awareness. And I can't do this without you. So huge love, big love, aroha nui, which means big love to you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.